Beckett's Babies. I'm Sarah Cho. And I'm Sam Collier. And today we're going to be talking about rehearsals and what it's like to be a playwright in the rehearsal room of a new play um, and what rehearsals are for and how we like to use rehearsals. Um, Before we get started, we wanted to mention that a former guest on Beckett's Babies, Kristen Idashak, has a play opening um, with her company, Cloudgate Theater, in Chicago at the Frontier. And it will be in previews starting July 9th and opening July 13th. And that is called Strange Heart Beating. So Chicago listeners, we encourage you to check the, check that out. Yeah, check it out. It's a wonderful play. I got a chance to read it uh, before she came onto our show, and I had a really great time reading it. It's beautiful. And it, and that will be at, uh, oh, you can get tickets at cloudgatetheater.com. So Sarah, um, rehearsals, what, what do you think about rehearsals? Oh, rehearsals. You can't live without them. You got re- you need to rehearse everything That's true. in your life. <laughs> Unless you're doing improv, right? Well, you'll, well, even if you're doing improv, you're still rehearsing with your yeah, team. Yeah, good point. Good point. You're still playing those games and... Uh, bonding with each other. Bonding and practicing scene work all that um i think they're necessary truly necessary for for theater do you enjoy the rehearsal process oh it (laughs) it, it's hard especially when i do enjoy them like when when i get there but it's first i don't know it's like leading the day leading up to the rehearsal i'm just like always like panicking or uh stressed out of my mind or just really? really tired and exhausted I don't know so whenever time when there's a uh well when you're balancing in like another life uh, uh yeah. and then you have to tag on the rehearsal of like three to four hours it yeah. can kind of be uh a lot uh so I make sure I'm I drink coffee before I go in yes uh yeah sam what about you so i kind of feel like there are two chapters to my answer the first is that when we were in grad school and we had the luxury of you know all this time to work on plays i think we were given a six-week rehearsal process for galleries is that right um something like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and it was really the first time I'd experienced that kind of um, process in which I had a new play and this team of really talented, smart people, you know, working to bring the script to a, into, you know, turn that into a production and getting to develop the script alongside that was so, it was just an incredible thing to get to experience. But the second chapter of my answer, I think, which is what you're talking about, is trying to trying to do that kind of work when you're after grad school, when you're also working a job, you know, or, or trying to make a living um, and balancing the rehearsal time with everything else that's going on in your life. That can be exhausting. Because right now with my school, my comedy sketch team, we meet, we do meet once because we have a monthly show. So mm-hmm. the process for us is like a gallery uh, or like 
a typical play, but it's so condensed into like three to three and a half weeks, you know, we're mm-hmm. like first week we're bringing in our um, sketches, pitches or like of sketches that we want to write. And we have like one week to rewrite it and, or bring in those new sketches. Uh, we, uh, we all as a team, we pitch jokes. We think what could be funnier um, structurally in terms of like the major big rewrites, all the negative notes, we like to call it, we put it up on the director. Like he's the one that gives us all like, like this is why this isn't working. Like, uh, oh, why is it like this? But us as a team, we don't do that really. We make sense of questions. Like, why isn't this kind of not working here or whatever? But our job as a team mainly is to pitch jokes. Just kind of like. Is it always like the that. same director? Yeah. We have, we have the same director, uh, since October so far we like him a lot and <laughs> so, but as a team it's like it's our then we could just kind of like fire him if we wanted to but I'm like, we all like him right now and then is it yeah. um is each writer in charge of their own piece or is yeah. it more collaborative oh cool yeah so you're right so you're kind of producing your, your sketch your own sketch so you're charged of bringing your own props making sure actors are wearing their costume or like, or give them feedback on what they should wear for the sketch. Mm-hmm. So it's like individually, we're all kind of charge of our own sketch. And um, the director is in charge of just the whole show, kind of like how it was supposed to play out on stage. Um, cool. Yeah. And yeah. So I think they modeled it after, as much as they can to SNL Saturday Night Live, <laughs> like yeah. that's sort of the, they do it all in one week, but we're doing it over a course of a month. Oh, that's really interesting. So, and and how about how long are these pieces, your sketch pieces? Anywhere between you know two to four and a half minutes. Oh, so pretty so they're, short. They're short, yeah, they're short. So, how is that process different from rehearsing? a new full-length play where you're the only writer in the room and and your job is to oh yeah I think some ways that are similar is that um in the room especially depending on how new the play is right Mm -hmm. if it's oh my gosh you guys my fiance just brought me coffee (laughs) (laughs) where's mine Oh, sorry, girl. Wow. I had to get okay. one of those. Uh, where was I? Sweet thing to do. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where you were. That was so distracting. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I just had to call that out because he's so remarkable. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, right? I think it depends how new the play is. Are we talking about how um, new and just like, like never been touched so kind of like we're all going to be hearing this for the first time kind of yeah thing. i guess so i think right? so. yeah okay so in that case i feel like everyone like actors director i always feel like in that moment i kind of see them like having a part ownership to the play in some mm-hmm. aspects mm-hmm. and i'm as sort of uh, a boss lady <laughs> i like <laughs> listen to it i kind of see what i feel would work best for the play, you know, like as a parent, like what do I think we like if this would make sense? But like I'm at that moment, I'm just like so open to everyone's thoughts, feedback. Um, 
that's why I also really love like actors, right? And we I think we yeah. say this, we said this on our show. They're like the best dramaturgs, really, because like, they're like in there. No offense to in the dramaturgs. Children. No offense to dramaturgs. <laughs> we love you too. We do you do you do the other really great work. Uh, but in the room, um, because they're like the actors are in the trenches with the play. Yeah, I, like they. I remember yeah. hearing one time. I might have said this already on the show, but that actors are unconscious dramaturgs. That they're mm. they can give you really valuable feedback, not because they're thinking about, you know, the play as a whole and how to shape it, but because they're thinking about their own character, and yeah. and if you're writing plays about characters, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, it's really important to be attuned to what those characters want and, you know, what their journey is like through, through the play. And I think as playwrights, we can get really, at least I can really caught up in the, you know, the overall shape of the play and, and what works for the story and sometimes try to shoehorn actors into I mean not actors characters into um situations or arcs that really don't make sense for the character and so what the actor can provide is that perspective of you know hey I'm trying to live inside this person and this is how this person is feeling in this moment you know so yeah I completely agree this is sort of like a personal note but I always feel like when I'm in rehearsal I do, I feel like I'm doing so much work of justifying, like constantly justifying. Uh-huh. Um, and when they ask those questions, I'm like, well, it's because she's like this. Uh, like, why is she, why does she become a unicorn here? Well, like, I'm like, <laughs> well, it's because she, you know, had that dream that was on page like three and it, she becomes that unicorn. Uh, but if you feel like, um, it was it took too long or something I'm like to get there I don't know just like I'm always like I just feel like I'm constantly justifying all the time I don't know about you yeah I think I do sometimes feel that impulse to Mm -hmm. because actors ask really smart questions and yeah and I think especially when I was younger I would feel almost defensive (laughs) like because a lot of times I knew I didn't have a good answer to the question yeah Um, right and I would feel the need to explain immediately rather than what I am really trying to do more of now which is just to write down the question and and think about it and Mm -hmm. ask the actor what they think rather than feeling the need to immediately give an answer um yes because I think often if I give an answer right away, I'm, it's actually not the most interesting answer, you know? (laughs) Whereas if I, if I keep thinking about it, or sometimes the actor has a really good idea that, you know, never would have occurred to me. And I think it's because depending how uh, you write and, and how new the play is, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the plays that, that I brought to Iowa or, wrote at Iowa they were just like so brand new like they mm-hmm. they um a lot of them were plays that I kind of wrote in span of like two three weeks and just like just <laughs> was in the in the library or like different rooms or just like constantly just or staying up to like 2 a.m just writing and then and so 
without, I'm not saying without much thought, but <laughs> it was a lot of it is just sort of like, here's a big idea I have. I'm just going to write this out and then let's just see how it plays out. And then I'll right. rewrite it in the rehearsal room. Right. Um, or, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had so many moments that I would put into plays because I thought, oh, this will be really funny or this will be really mm-hmm. cool. And I had no dramaturgical justification for it at all in the right. first draft, except that you know, I wanted to get a laugh. (laughs) And then when it came time to actually rehearse, I would have to think about why why this moment would happen. Also, another note in rehearsals is that before you go in, like you and the director can have that conversation about like how you want to run the rehearsal. Like, like letting a director know like, yeah, you know what? I'll take questions, but I'm not going to answer any of the questions. Or like, I don't yeah. I think I just want to stay quiet and maybe you run it and I'll jot down those notes or whatever. Um, or later in the, during um, you bring a new rewrite and maybe at the top you'll like talk about it and you, like having that conversation with the director. So how mm-hmm. it's going to look. So both of you don't look like you're just meeting for the first time. <laughs> meeting for the first time. Yeah, that's really true. And I also think a dramaturg can be really helpful in that. Mm-hmm. in an initial meeting as well um, because a lot of times like if the director is thinking about how to bring this thing to life right and how to talk to actors which is an art in and of itself and the and the, the playwright is kind of thinking about balancing like their initial idea with what's on the page with what they're envisioning with this you know story I think the dramaturg can be really helpful um, in um, in so many ways, like in reflecting back to the playwright, what is coming through in the current draft, in kind of talking to the, the playwright and the director and facilitating that conversation. Um, I, I, probably every process, it's a different role that the dramaturg, slightly different role that the dramaturg plays. Yeah. Which is not to say that every process has a dramaturgical. I think a lot of them don't. We were really lucky at at Iowa to always have one. Yeah. Um, This is a really dumb Sarah thing, but when I first learned about who a dramaturg was or, like, what what they do, and I I think the first thing I said to a dramaturg was, like, oh, is is it the back of the pamphlet, like, (laughs) <laughs> and for all that you guys like write all that <laughs> they were just like looking at me like I'm crazy but that's um, not crazy I mean they a lot of times they do that too you know yeah yeah historical <laughs> so background or like historical background right <laughs> um, <laughs> like oh is that what you do the only thing forever for the rest of your life <laughs> no <laughs> they're Speaking of unicorns, they're like the unicorns of the theater world. They're mysterious, and nobody really knows what they are. <laughs> like, where are they? <laughs> um, yes. So um, we pulled mm-hmm. some writers on social media about whether they, they like to do rewrites in the room. Um, so on Instagram... 86% of playwrights said they like to do rewrites in the rehearsal room while the rehearsal is happening. And and then we had some um, other comments on Facebook. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Yeah, it seems like majority of us, the playwrights, everyone loves rehearsal or rewriting and rehearsals. Like it's almost like a no brainer. <laughs> well, except <laughs> I'm going to go against the flow because okay. I okay. Uh, don't at me, everybody. Um, but I find it really hard to to both watch a rehearsal and see what's happening and also be writing. Like I, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't do both at the same time because once I go back into my script, I have to kind of put on blinders to what's going on outside of my head. I, I find it really hard to switch back and forth. And so my process is much more that I'm kind of taking in everything that's happening in rehearsal and watching and learning and then I go home and write, you know, late into the night, make changes and bring them in the next day to try them. Yeah. Um, I think I've done both. Like, I think I've like wanted to be present, you know, and watch and sort of see um, how like I wanted to follow this one actor because like maybe I just wrote this new character or like maybe I, I said some like new lines for this character and I wanted mm-hmm. to see how it plays out especially in comedy you're like oh is it gonna gonna call back to that will people like will it make sense or um so I'm like oh it's constantly just like watching it's like if I know I think if I feel like there's a time pressure like it's a cooker like I'm oh I need we need to solidify like everyone needs to know these lines by tomorrow or something (laughs) and I just feel like this urgency and I'm like just doing it all at the same time yeah um but it all depends, like, yeah, the situation of the room or, like, what's happening. Um, that's so everything runs smoothly for me <laughs> in my life. Um, Have you ever yeah. tried – sometimes people, um, you, instead of using paper scripts, they use iPads. And so the playwright sitting in that rehearsal room can make live changes to a document mm-hmm. that is shared. And then mm-hmm. people can immediately see those and – I mean, the actors can immediately see those and read them as they're rehearsing. Have you ever tried that? I've never done that. Um, I've done, with well, especially my, with my sketch team where I have my computer and I'm like, when they're pitching me jokes, they come in so fast. So mm-hmm. I'm like rewriting it. Then I'm like, all right, guys, it's uploaded on the, the Google Drive. I uploaded a draft, you know, like oh, cool. in that. Yeah. same night or same day but instantaneously like, where they're like seeing the changes i've never done that yeah i haven't even I think, I think i'd be i think i think i'd be like too self-conscious like oh i know so I do was too. this what you all said i think <laughs> i would like it, i would lose i'd like lose my mind yeah i don't know oh sorry about that mm-hmm. i hate ipads though like i hate that uh <laughs> I just like accidentally jumped out. Uh, hold on. Uh, let me just find that again. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, we just lost the intensity here. We're like, we lost the rhythm. And <laughs> well, actually, that's another good point because I think sometimes I'm hesitant to make changes in the moment because I don't want the actors to feel self conscious. Like, mm. I think it's really important for actors to have a chance to do what's on the page before the playwright decides to change what's on the page. Because part of the rehearsal process is trying lines different ways and, and making mistakes and, you know, and kind of 
playing. And I think if the playwright is too quick to say, oh, that line isn't working, I'm going to rewrite it. The actor Mm. actually doesn't get a chance to fully explore the original line. So, so sometimes I'm hesitant to rewrite too quickly um, for that reason. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I, whenever you write a line and I'm like, okay, in that moment, it was, it was a right decision that I've made with my director and I felt good about it with the actors. And then weeks later, I'd be like, oh, I missed that line. And I would <laughs> yeah. go, and I would go yeah. back to my previous drafts. I'm like, where was that line? What, what was that line exactly? And how can I incorporate it? Because I did love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's where a, a really good director and dramaturg can be so helpful because. Right. Um, they have to have this, they have to be holding in their mind this vision of what the play is that's kind of living outside of what's happening in the moment of the rehearsal room where things are so in, in flux. Yes. Um, I don't know. Um, some comments that we got from Facebook. I love this comment that someone made that light bulbs go off during rehearsal Mm -hmm. I do feel that when I want to just like be in this generative mode with my play Mm -hmm. and rehearsal becomes like a really important um, place to do it yeah and there seems to be a general consensus with these comments that you really don't know what a play is until you see it embodied mm-hmm. by people and I yeah I think that's definitely true one of the things that always surprised me about my plays is the tone I'm like oh in my mind I was thinking like a South Park comedy but it comes off like um a very scary horror movie <laughs> 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 can you give an example I wrote a play let me see oh there was this play I mean it was I guess it's kind of not soft perky, but um, I wrote a play inspired by when I grew up in a restaurant, uh, my family's restaurant, and it was like an all-you-can-eat buffet restaurant, mm-hmm. and that's where it's called all-you-can-eat. And then so I was, I kind of, yeah, when I wrote it, I envisioned very slapsticky or whatever, very just like comical. But then it when it read off the page, even just like, during our workshop, a read through um, for first time, I was like, "It sounds like like that movie Metropolis or something. <laughs> like it just, sounds, it just sounds really mechanical or something." I was just like thinking, "I was like, wow, this sounds so weird." But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think know. that experience can be really hard for first time playwrights because mm-hmm. if they're not if they're not used to that feeling, they can really internalize it and think that um you know that there's no other way to do their play that that is what their play is so do you have any advice for playwrights who maybe are doing a rehearsal process of one of their plays for the first time like how did how did you what did you do with that feeling did you say oh my play is this other thing that I didn't think it was or did you try to change it or did you give that feedback to the actors or um what did you do yeah I think I sort of you know it's because I'm just a very cruel person in general (laughs) 
I just let not myself. Not true, listeners. I just let true. myself sit in that feeling mm-hmm. and not leave. And I'm like, okay, well, this was the biggest mistake of my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, no, I, I just took all the feedback. But yeah, I think I... I don't really have an advice except that I just sort of had to experience it. Yeah. Because prior to that play or prior to any plays or, you know, before Iowa, I was just like, I was very inexperienced and I had to go through these different types of readings and different times of how people were reading my play and responding to my plays. I just had to sort of take it and just, um, and just, and grow from it by um, a lot of pondering. <laughs> just, um, and just, you know, I I think I took those feedback and I thought about my original intention for the play and what I wanted to do with the play originally and sort of see, like, well, what were some similarities? Like, what did work that maybe people responded well to in those moments of the play? Or um, and maybe moments are, like, why it read the way it did. And I kind of go back to the page and... Yeah. Well, and there's something too about... Because plays can be done over and over again in so many different ways. Like mm. one play can become so many different kinds of production. True. Um, there's something in that first encounter with real people saying your lines that um, forces it to be one thing. You know, for that show, it's going to be that one thing. And I remember when I was just starting to write plays, thinking about that, you know, when you write a script, it contains all these possibilities. This one line of dialogue could be said 20 different ways. But when you start rehearsing that play with a specific group of actors and a specific director, it, it moves towards one specific um, version of that play. And for that production, it can only be one thing. It can't be 20 different versions in the way that the the script on the page can be. And it, and so I think for, I guess what I would tell beginning playwrights is that just remember this is just one production of the script and, and you might love it and become totally attached to it. Um, and you all, and you'll have to learn to let that go, but you also might feel that it's not the only way this play could be done and that's okay because it can it can have a long life hopefully what's important no matter what for the play in yourself it's like do you know what this play's idea is (laughs) like I Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things I had to learn that no matter no matter how many line changes it went through or no matter how many iterations of it it started to develop or in the play I was like is the core idea still the same for me like no matter what right and that was always something I kind of battled with myself a lot because I was like here's my original core idea but it's starting to manifest in weird ways that I never thought it would and but I want to still keep that core idea intact yeah the big thing that I think I've learned when I rewrite is to stay focused in that because <laughs> Um, yeah, because that's another thing too. When I said when everyone has part ownership, then they started to like pull it in different directions. That core yeah. idea, because everyone's core idea of that is going to be different. 
and it's like not forgetting your own is important. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, Sarah, it's almost time to wrap up, but here's a philosophical question for you. <laughs> what is rehearsal for? What is, like at its core, what is rehearsal? Um, I'll give you my touchy, lovey answer. Oh, good. Um, it must be because you've had your coffee. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think and it's the value of rehearsal really is that team building, teamwork, like because we're about to yeah. put a show together. And this is also a great opportunity to like make friends and get to know each other and strive for the same goal <laughs> together. You know? Yeah. There's just something about this that process that like the sense of community, like once a week, once or twice a week, coming together and work on this together that's creative, fun, and just you know maybe gets us out of our elements you know sometimes there's mm-hmm. just something about that where we I love it because it's just I'm like oh we're all broken people and we're all coming <laughs> together on this one thing yeah. together like there's something about that and like, yeah and then because that's what right when after you have the show and goes up and the run is over you're like there's this feeling of like I don't know, like this codependency feeling. Uh, I don't know. Like I miss you all. Like what happened? I know. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. It's such a. That's another show we should talk about. I know. Like, we should do an episode <laughs> on like post show depression. Post show depression. Yeah, it's a it's a real thing. Yeah. Well, that's what beautiful. Like. Do you have an answer too? <laughs> I completely agree. I think I would yeah. add that it's rehearsal is for making mistakes and messing up and. You know, just playing mm-hmm. totally with no stakes. Yeah. You can just kind of experiment. And um, if you say something really stupid or do something really stupid, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've noticed that if an actor messes up a line or something, but we all like laughed. Mm-hmm. And then like, sometimes that line worked. I'm like, oh, that mistake yeah. could have been a gift to the yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like, just... Being open to what could happen, all the possibilities that could happen in the rehearsal room. That's making me think of a time, I cannot remember what play this was, but I had a line that was really hard to say out loud. And the actor was, you know, reading it and then read it again and and was like, wow, this is really hard to say. And I immediately realized, of course it is, because I had way too many consonants right next to each other. And I just changed it in the moment um so I think you're right that kind of thing can be if or if an actor says something slightly different from what you wrote sometimes that's a better line cool well Sarah shall we do glistens yes glistens 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 so many glistens (laughs) what's your glisten for this week um well speaking of rehearsals uh (laughs) Um, so I'm currently rehearsing for a sketch show, uh, right, that's happening tonight, and when this episode gets released, it happened yesterday, last night. Wow. But, um, and I'm, like, in a sketch, because we were kind of short on women this week, uh, for this month, um, so, like, I'm just a writer on the team, but sometimes all I have to step up as a performer, um, so mm-hmm. I'm, like, in an actual sketch, like, I'm a main character in a sketch, and 
Um, and I'm like memorizing my lines and I'm like staying up late, memorizing my lines. And I'll say this, the way I forget the things that actors have to go through. Like I just (laughs) opened the email, opened the document and the sketch has an update with new lines. And I was just like, Oh my God, I just spent three hours memorizing lines this way. (laughs) (laughs) Actors are amazing, aren't they? Actors are amazing. You guys are just phenomenal people. Yeah, that just um, I just don't feel like I appreciate you all enough. Um, but yeah, now uh, that's another thing. So before we meet again at three p.m. today on Sunday, um, I have to um, re memorize my lines. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. That's your glisten. That's my glisten. Is that this? <laughs> I love actors. I love yeah. them all so much. You guys. Me too. Just you guys are great. Um, but yeah, but also playwrights, be be kind, <laughs> be mindful mm-hmm. of like those line changes and or those last big last minute changes. In terms of like being like this is, we have a show today. And the lines are given to me this morning or last night. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. Jesus, I could do it. I can do it. But <laughs> it, <laughs> I was little pee, but not but not in a bad way. It was just like. The challenge. I was like, "All right, all right. This is what I gotta do. I have to overcome my insecurities and just do it." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I believe in you. Thank you. And by the time this episode airs, um, it will all be over. It'll be all yes. Yep. How weird. How weird to think like that, huh, Sam? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, my glisten um, is the Kilroy's list, which came out this week, or by the time you listen to this, last week. Um, And I think it's the fifth year that they've put out this list of excellent un- and under-produced new plays by women, trans, and non-binary playwrights. I'm just going to read some numbers. They surveyed 315 influential new play leaders who had read or seen at least 40 new plays in the past year. Wow. And they asked them to each recommend three to five plays each. So they ended up with a list of 803 plays. And then they took the top 4% of those plays. So the 33 most recommended plays from the survey, which each received between five and 19 nominations and you wow. can find that list at thekilroys.org slash list. And I just think this is amazing because um, there are so many incredible plays that are not being produced um, that are by women and trans and non-binary playwrights. And, they, and you should go read them. Most of them have links to the full script on the new play exchange. So listeners, um, what a great treat for your summer reading endeavors. Mm -hmm. Are you going to read all of them, Sam? Is that your goal? What a great challenge. Maybe I will. I wonder if I've read any of them already. I did a quick scroll. I think I've read some of them, Mm. but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to read all of them. Before the end of summer. Yeah. I'm I'm still working on this dang book. Sports book. <laughs> eight, 
Um, the cabin in the woods, or what's oh. it called? Uh, the cabin at the no, sorry, the cabin at the end of the world. Is it good? It's very good, but I, you guys, actually, because I, you know what? It's because I'm constantly reading all the time. I can't read leisurely. <laughs> it's like hard to read leisurely when you're constantly reading and all the time different scripts and people's scripts all the time. Yeah, but I'm trying. I love it. I'm I'm reading. I'm in the middle of like eight books right now. I don't even know. <laughs> you don't even. Know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. And this is real books, right? Because I have a Kindle. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> and then I have like three hundred books there, and they all at like I've started the first chapter all. Of them. I can't do that on a screen. It makes me feel like I'm going insane. Oh really? Well, not Kindle. Kindle is different. It's like different kind of ink. The digital ink. I know, but still. I need pages really? that I can hold. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't. And I, I have to adjust the font size now. Like, it has to be big. <laughs> it has to be, like, I'm, never mind. We're not getting <laughs> off topic. All right. All thanks, right for thanks for listening, for listening everybody. Um, stay tuned next week for another episode. Don't forget to follow us on social media and share our posts with your friends. We love it when yeah, you but- do that. Yes. Uh, just to just want to say that people reach out to us and message us and how they found the podcast. It it's so meaningful. I'm like yeah. I'm really touched by all of the comments and the the positivity and um it's it's been very inspiring for me. Like, yeah, we like, always wow. love to hear from you. So mm-hmm. yeah, even if we, it may take a while for us to respond back. Know that we recognize, we see you, and we appreciate you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, thanks, everyone. 